and sit down. Welcome to Liberty 101. Thank you for joining us this evening. I'm very excited about this guest. Um, we go back a ways and have been through a lot on the campaign trail together. So I'm excited for him to be here tonight. Uh, before we get to that, let me do the stuff that I have to do. Libertarian Veteran Caucus, leading libertarians veterans issues and leading veterans to libertarian solutions. Uh, James Toller for Kentucky. He puts people over politics. Donate today at Toller4KY.com. That's T-O-L-L-E-R, the number 4KY.com. Chris Bye for Alaska's congressman. Look for more information for Chris at itstimealaska.com. And as always, you can find more information on Not A Real Libertarian. Check out the different ways to listen on all of these different platforms. So let me bring on my guest for this evening, the Mr. Spike Cohen. Hello. Hi, I'm hi, Christine. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm good. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing well. I'm fading away apparently. This shirt Sorry. is not <laughs> even green. Anyway, other than that, I'm doing great. Oh, or sorry, you're glitching out on us. A yeah, little bit, I'm, but I'm, I'm, I'm you're getting here. out of the matrix. I'm not sure what's happening here. Other than that, I'm good. How are you? I'm doing good. Oh, I saw you celebrated with your mom yesterday. What'd you guys do? Uh, we went out to uh, to uh, our favorite restaurant, and uh, it was it was pretty low key. We just went out to a really good restaurant. Me and and my mom and Tasha went out, and uh, we got her a gift and flowers and that kind of stuff. So we're pretty. Uh, I guess it was a, it was a basic Mother's Day, but it was good. We had fun. We had a good time. <laughs> well, that's good. Well, thank you for being on this show. Yeah, um, I don't know if you've caught my show yet. And if you haven't, I don't, I don't, there's a disrespect or offense or anything. Um, I don't even have time to watch my own show. So I, I, <laughs> it's fine. Um, so what I've been doing with Liberty 101 is trying to get back to the basics. Um, okay. trying to come back to the main, like the topics and talk about what's currently wrong with those situations or the different challenges and then mm. to go from there into how we can put libertarian philosophies into action and trying to fix those mm -hmm. so okay. we've talked about ballot access we've talked about agriculture we've talked about religious stuff um the agriculture we're going to do again i've got an educational one coming up but tonight there's a lot of stuff going on and 
in the world, locally and nationally. And I would want it to talk about some current topics with you, if that was cool. Sure, absolutely. Let's do it. So, oh, my mouse is backwards. So I, I doubt you've heard anything about this. Done that but before. Here in... is, yours, is yours wireless where it's like you yes. can't really tell? Yes. Yeah, I do that a lot. Well, and my mouse pad was upside down. So the OCD in me had to fix that. And then I just turned it. And then the whole mouse itself was upside down. Wow. <laughs> so here in York County or mm -hmm. close to York County, there's been two big topic situations, and I would love your feedback on these. Um, okay. One of them, a teacher hosted an after hours drag show for mm -hmm. students at the high school. Yeah. So let me, I'm going to pull up so you can. So as you can see, they were very stereotypical costumes you know yeah, outfits yeah. for the participants um and the like the uh the you know the wardrobe was there and then apparently it was open to all the students and an announcement was made over the intercom to invite all students not just those that are part of the gsm and the allies group that is a club at the school i'm going to scroll down here so you can see um, I don't know why they black their faces out in the top picture and then have it in the bottom. And then have it is. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I, I apologize if this is loud, but I don't know the volume of the So I'm not going to do the whole 45 seconds, but I just, there's been a lot of controversy in this area yeah. um, regarding this. Um, you know, I am an ally for the, the LGBTQ community. I'm not sure how I necessarily feel about it being in a high school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I kind of just, I wanted to discuss that and see what your thoughts are. And uh Yeah. So I think here's where the big, I mean, there are people that have a problem with this because it's LGBT people, it's gay people, mm -hmm. trans people, drag people, whatever. And there's nothing, there's no way this could be done even with adults that would make it okay for them. So we're going to put their concerns aside. The, I think right. the legit, because what happens is anytime someone has a concern about something that a school does like this in any direction, they get lumped in with the extremes and crazies who who just have a problem with anyone doing that, even adults or, or whatever else. So let, let's let's put their concerns aside. The, the biggest concern here is that the parents weren't consulted on this. This was, hey, we're going to have this drag show where they're going to do like and it said prof in the notes, it said professional dancers. And okay. I don't know what exactly that means because uh, there are different types of professional dancers. Um, but at the end of the day. This would matter a lot less if they had simply said, get your parents permission for it. Because then yeah. if someone looks at that and they go, well, I would never have my kids do that. Okay, well, then you, you don't have to have your kids do that. And if someone else is fine with their kids doing that, then that's really on them. I mean, it, this, is, this is also high school. It's not like elementary school. So, I mean, Correct. there are, I, I, having been recently, uh, by recently, this, wow, this Gosh, was that six years ago now? Five, six years ago to a uh, to a high school uh, football game and seeing how the cheerleaders were. 
I mean, there's there's a lot, a lot of stuff that's happening in high school that wasn't happening when I was in high school, and I'm not even that old. Maybe I am old. Uh, but I I I think that the biggest problem is that the parents weren't notified. Um, yeah. And I think that this is, and we see this over and over again with stuff. We see this with like religious. Uh, 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 religious things that happen at school. Uh, we see this at this kind of stuff with the drag stuff that mm-hmm. happens at school. And it's where the students are being told, hey, uh, you can do this if you want to. You don't even have to ask your parents. Now, obviously, in a school setting, not every single thing is going to have to require a sign off from the parents. But right. this kind of stuff, I think, would. And, and I think anyone who looked at that and said, this is the kind of performance we're going to have, the idea that the parents wouldn't be notified of that. There was a reason for that. And, and unfortunately, there are people who are using their positions in, in schools to push a ideological tint, even though they don't see it as that. So I think the person doing this thought, you know, well, we're, this is acceptance and, and the parents don't have to accept it if they have a problem with it. And they're right to the extent that the parents don't have to be OK with this happening, but they 100 percent have to be OK with their children attending it. And that's the difference. Yeah, and I think. So much of what we're seeing is is as a result of it's a battle between parents saying, I don't want my kids to be a part of this. And the school saying, we're not even going to ask your input. We don't care if you're if you uh, are OK with this or not. And um, and so I'm sure there were plenty of parents who would watch that and say, yeah, I want my kid to be a part of that or I'm OK with my kid being a part of that. And if they're fine with them being a part of that, then that's fine. This is also a problem with government being involved in schools in the first place is that schooling becomes schooling is in a government environment less about actually teaching and preparing a child. Uh, and, And again, this is. I'm talking about the government's involvement, not the teachers. The government's involvement right. makes it less about teaching them and preparing them for their the rest of their lives and instilling them with the knowledge and the critical thinking skills they need to be able to live their lives and more about presenting a narrative and preparing them to be the kind of citizen, quote unquote, that they want them to be. And that's that is this is just for a long time that meant something else in schools and now the pendulum's right. the other way and it means something else entirely and in all cases a lot of this can be blunted by simply just letting the parents have a say in, in whether their kids are involved in this stuff or not yeah i mean i i have some libertarian friends obviously in new york that are the ones that initially shared this and there was outrage from you know variety of people and the way that they were describing it to the students and stuff were that there were presenters they were giving a presentation. And I just feel like that was like a big loophole that they kind of yes. utilized. Yeah. And, you know, I think right now, you know, I'm PTO president. And so we are paying for a lot of field trips right now in the, in the elementary school. I'm thinking about how all these kids have to have permission slips to go on a bus to go to the Capitol. Go to and the zoo or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, to, to the museum. Yes. Now, granted, they are going in a bus on the highway, but there's a, you know, a, a sense of, you know, danger on the highway in a bus. And that's what you're really signing for. But it's like, <clears throat> this was happening on school grounds after hours. So I, I'm not entirely sure what after hours necessarily means, if it was like four o'clock or if it was like seven o'clock. Um, but then when I think about it, I couldn't go to one of these shows in person till I was like 18. So that's also a concern that they're doing the, you know, yeah. I have no problem with people living their life the way they want to. And, yep, and yep. I'm no problem exposing 
you know, teenagers and stuff to being allies and different, you know, lifestyles. But I feel like in something where I can't be in an actual drag club until I'm 18, we shouldn't be showing it in a school where they're 14 to 18. The, um, and I think that that's where the holdup is for me on this. The person who or people who came up with this knew what they were doing. Apparently and, it's and, a third and, year. And, this is their third year doing this? Apparently, so. that's, um, the teacher said in one of the comments, I also have, hold on, this, let me share this one. Apparently, this is the third year. So there's more of the videos and, and everything. And, and, yeah, right here, um, our busy schedule, busy schedules perform for us year three. So apparently this is the third year and I'm not sure why they're just now getting an uproar, but it's, it's because um, lips of TikTok exist now. So this is, so yeah. <laughs> the good and bad of the internet of, of social media, although, I mean, three years ago, social media was still pretty prolific, but we're seeing it more and more is that like nothing happens in private anymore. And there's good and bad to that. I would argue that it's good that we know that this school was having children or uh, children, having teens watch something like this at school without parents permission and again it looks like i mean from these clips it doesn't look like they're taking their clothes off it doesn't look it, it looks like they're right at the line where where it's you know acceptable to have it at the school at all but the the problem isn't that the problem is there are going to be parents who would be told this is going to be happening and they'd say no i don't want my kids exposed to that and whether you agree with that or not, whether you think that that's good parenting or not, it's kind of irrelevant because uh, you're not that parent. You aren't the guardian of yeah. those of those uh, those minors of those uh, kids. And uh, it's really not for you to say. And the problem is and this is a, a big part of the culture war is that there's more and more pushback on the idea that parents actually do have the final say over things for their kids. Um, and, and we could get into LGBT stuff. We could get into abortions. We could get into a lot of things. And, and what the, what the people that are saying the parent shouldn't be involved in, they'll use anecdotal examples of, well, what if the parent is an abusive, you know, parent who hates their child and, and doesn't want good for them and, and we're their only protection. Well, then it, that's, that's a much bigger issue than them signing off a slip on a drag queen story hour or whatever they were calling it uh it's it's that's not why you're doing that you're doing it because you want kids to be exposed to things that their parents don't want them to because you want to blunt the effect of the parenting and that is the problem like that's you know that's the quote-unquote grooming that people are talking about is you are saying i don't like that the parents are teaching their kids this so i'm going to use my position in school to expose them to something else against the will of the parents and that's the problem. And that's yeah. that's why the, that's a big part of why that and just bad uh, outcomes in government schools in general are behind the, 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 the increasing push for getting government out of school. And in the meantime, having the money associated with each student stay with that student and funding that student and yeah. letting the, the parent decide where their kids uh, goes to school, uh, as opposed to having the government decide that. Uh, I think if there if we had more market based. Uh, economics in our in our schooling if we had more market-based decisions by the actual parents the stakeholders and these kids uh making these decisions uh i think a lot less of this stuff would be happening because the schools would know they couldn't get away with it so 
on the, I totally agree with everything you said. I was just thinking on the flip side, if my son has an after school activity, now granted he's in second grade, I know what activity that that is. So, and I would imagine as he gets older, I'm going to give him some freedom and some independency, but I'm still going to be like, where are you going? Who are you going to be with? So where were the parents in this in asking their children, what are you doing at school at seven o'clock or four o'clock or, or whatever, you know, what, you know, what event or presentation is happening. I feel like there has to be some, you know, accountability on the parents, you know, who are getting a rate that their kids saw it. Why didn't you stop them from seeing it by asking them what they're going to see? Yeah. I mean, but the thing is they don't necessarily know. Right. And I'm, by the way, full disclosure, I'm not a parent. I don't understand all the workings of, of, you know, parent teacher associations and all of that stuff. But if you're a parent, you're working nine to five, nine to six or something like that. Um, then you're in your, your high school age kid who might even have their own car to go there, to yeah. go to the school who is responsible or, or has a friend take them back or, or may even use the bus. You may not even know necessarily, you know, they're going to be home by the time you get home, but there may be a little bit of a gap time that again, as a 16, 17 year old, you have an idea of where they probably are, but you may not know where they are from like moment to moment, because especially now in the age of cell phones, it's so I, and again, I'm not a parent. So, so if people come on here and go, that's absolutely false. I know where my kids are every minute of the day, then, then I apologize. But I mean, I know even in the nineties when I was a teenager, uh, that because I had a cell phone, I, I, I'm so old. That's ridiculous. It's, it's still, when I talk about stuff and it still feels like relatively recent to me and people are like the nineties, why are you even bringing that up? But even as 20 as, years as, ago as, is the seventies. Yeah. Whatever. So I, I, that's, I don't need to absorb what you just said, but I, so, you know, in, in the, in the, and it's not even like, you know, 99, I was like 96. Anyway. So, uh, so in the nineties, there were times where my parents didn't know exactly where I was after school, but I also had a phone and if they needed to reach me, they could. So, I mean, it could be conceivable that if there had been something like this that I wanted to go to, I, I can tell you, I, I wouldn't have, but if there had been anything at school that didn't require permission that I actually wanted to go to, I'm, I'm smiling because I, I hated school. So I, if they had said, do you want to stay mm-hmm. after school for anything? I would have been like, absolutely like, no. not. But, but if there had been hypothetically something like, or like a, a football game or something and I wanted to, to do it and I didn't need their permission to go or something like that, then they wouldn't necessarily know that. So, I, I mean, I, I, I do think I mean, that, that, that parents should have a say in where their kids are uh, or, or should have an idea of where their kids are. But I, I think it's conceivable that they, they might, especially if the after hours is like literally right after school. And so it's like that period between, what is it? Three fifty. When, when do the kids get out of school now? We got out at three. Usually about, about two fifty five is where it's three fifty five three o'clock. It's 20 minutes they, earlier. That's everything's falling apart. Everything is falling apart. At, now. at least when I got, district. when I was a kid, we had to stay in school. <laughs> Till three ten, that was for the bus riders. Car no, but car riders got out at three ten. <clears throat> bus riders got out at three fifteen, and now it's with two fifty five. The whole society is crying. I, I at least I want to say that's for our school because we utilize a lot of the same buses. So elementary school lets out oh. at three twenty seven, and the then problem. intermediate school lets this out at three fifteen ish, and so the high school lets out about two fifty. Three o'clock. But I think I it's got bedlam. out at school at like two fifty, and we're close in age. So that I mean, I was out of school before three o'clock. 
This I is get, why. I think it's two fifty-three. I don't know. Maybe I, I just come from you know a, a more traditional family values, but school ended at three ten where I came from. Anyway, I, you know, at, for, in that period from like three o'clock to five o'clock, I can kind of get why they have a vague understanding of where their kids are. They're at school or they yeah. may regularly attend after school stuff or something like that. The, the people who presented this knew what they were doing. They said, you have a presentation. They probably weren't even making it fully clear what it was. You know, this is just a presentation. And, you know, if the kid says to the parent, I'm going to this presentation uh, that has to do with, you know, GSM acceptance or whatever. And the parent's like, okay. And then they find out it's this. And I, and I, I, I can see why people are upset. And 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 literally all they needed to do was just be have this needs to be an informed uh, an informed decision informed consent thing for the parents. Um and this this is not, you know, a uh uh I mean even if there's something involving food afterwards they have to get the parents consent. Like you said like having the kids on the highway the same highway that the kids are on multiple mm-hmm. times a day probably they have to get their consent for for safety reasons. But for something like this, they wouldn't have. Yeah, that, that's the problem is that they're they're not they, they want the parents to be less and less involved because there is an underlying fear slash resentment among many in the school system that the parents don't know what's best for the kids. We do. So not only do we not need to consult them, we need to actually look for ways to not consult them and to find ways and loopholes around it so that they're not being consulted and what their kids are being exposed to. And that's the problem. Yes, which is funny because the next topic that I want to go into is also about <laughs> schools and parents being involved. Yes. Um, however, it's for the kindergarten level. They didn't do this in kindergarten, did they? No. Oh, okay. It's in, it's in, it's in a K to six, K to three level. Um, let me find it again. This is this is actually in York County. The other one was like right outside. This one is in York County, and. <clears throat> This is about 15 minutes from my house. I'm worried about what this is going to be. Oh, God. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, let me find it. So a local school district had an, a, had a teacher because no, no club can happen without a teacher to be the right. uh, like sponsor. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> they wanted to bring a Satan club, a satanic club to the Northern York um, school. Uh, it was a residence request eight to one to form a after school Satan club at Northern elementary school. And they're actually having a meeting again tomorrow, I believe about this. Um, so you can tell a lot of people showed up to the school board meeting. Uh, it was all of the parents. Yes. Yes. Every parent um, this. It's actually parents <laughs> from other districts too, because uh, what is happening with this is it's setting mm, a precedent. Yes. Because, because they're arguing free speech. Yes. And yeah. so what is also happening is now, are you ready for this one? Uh, I'm, I mean, I'm here. The Satanic Temple files a civil lawsuit days after being oh, denied man. elementary school club. Everything is a meme now. <laughs> like the world is a meme now. Um, That's we use a, a real wonderful, use a wonderful picture. No, but do you know what that is? That's the uh, uh, that's the statue 
that they that they started because in reaction to like the Ten Commandments, and so they put up the mm-hmm. statue of, of of Baphomet or whatever it's however you say it, and it's their like satanic, whatever. And the the go go ahead and finish this because I, I do have quite a few thoughts on this because this is also I just thought a it was slightly Mimi, the child. They used a child. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, there's two. There's um, actually two kids there. They're both like yeah. I mean, it's basically they're arguing it violates the First Amendment and um, and then tons of ads, obviously. But <laughs> uh, they they knew that this was the, the reason that they were. Doing Can you scroll down just TikTok. a little bit? OK, the superintendent also reportedly claimed to be. Con- oh, no, 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 that's not. Keziah says, where was it? Hold on. Uh I can scroll up if you need me to. Okay. The superintendent also reportedly claimed to be concerned with public backlash due to the lack of interested part. No one wanted this. <laughs> there were no <laughs> kindergartners or second graders going, hey, um, can we worship Satan hail at Satan. school? Yeah, can we hail Satan at school? No <laughs> one wanted this. A teacher wanted to make a, a, a political slash religious liberties point. So the church the church of satan every person i've met who is involved with the church and satan the church of satan isn't actually like a they don't believe in satan they're not a satanist uh at least that i've met so far it's like a it's like a uh uh like an atheist group that are uh that are like against uh uh you know uh they're basically saying if you have to if you get to say you believe in this deity then i get to say i believe in this deity even though it's the one you hate or or are told is evil or whatever there may i'm sure there are actual real satan's satanists out there that worship satan or whatever but all the people i've met that are like satanic temple and all this stuff it's like an atheist meme that you know like okay if you're gonna believe in this god then uh that i perceive to to not that i don't believe is real and that i think is actually a pretty bad guy if you if you read his this is them speaking that if you read the bible i think that god's the bad guy and satan's the good guy or something and they're it's just like a meme it's like a joke that they're using to to get people's attention on like and basically the 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 point they're trying to make poorly is uh is what if you what if the the predominant religion in an area was something that you found completely offensive and distasteful and it was being shoved down your throat in public squares how would that make you feel yeah. so we're going to make you feel that way so i i i grew up in a religious um background um in a very religious household and uh i am now not i'm not i don't consider myself religious i consider myself agnostic i'm culturally jewish i still celebrate the holidays and all of that stuff but culturally i'm 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 pretty or faith wise i'm pretty agnostic so i can kind of see the perspectives here on on all sides of this ongoing uh religious freedom and and counter religion argument which is really what this is we can dispense with a lot of that because this was for k through 3 and none of the kids actually wanted it like no one wanted yeah. this except that teacher. And it didn't, it, this actually, this is a, a success story because they voted it down because the teacher wanted it and literally no one, no, like nobody else actually wanted it. And so again, you know, parental involvement, if none of the parents wanted this, none of the kids wanted this, a teacher who was making a, a political slash religious point wanted it, it, it you know, now it, it doesn't exist. And I, I think the reason that the lawsuit may very well fail is um, with the exception of the teacher, they won't be able to find anyone who was actually affected by this. 
<laughs> like they can't find a Satanist who will say, I wanted my child raised in our tradition of Satanism at school after school. And we were, you know, blatantly denied that by the school. No one wants this, actually. It's, a, it's, it's one of the original. This is a meme before memes were memes. See, and, you know, when I first heard about it, I thought it was lud ludicrous. It was ridiculous. Yep. Like, you know, why, you know, we took we took church, we took prayer out of the, the schools. For, right. you know, for a reason, yeah. I am a God-loving Christian, mm. practicing faith, no, Sundays, Bible studies, everything like that. I yeah. actually didn't care. And here's why. Because you would choose to send your child. If right. no one sends their child, no one's learning about Satan. So, and then we <laughs> avoid... <laughs> <laughs> and then we the good avoid. things about i mean people are learning about satan in school or in church but they're not learning about all the good things that satan did good yeah. things <laughs> um <laughs> it's just you know you have to first of all i it was after school so i mean how many k to three yeah. parents are sending their kids or k to six i maybe um I also saw it as setting a precedent for the first, you know, what they're doing in the courts and yeah. everything like that. And, and I was like, it's not worth the headache. Just let them have a club and realize no one's going to show up. And, you know, I, I'm taken back because in our school, in my school district, we actually have kids in our, so our school is built K to three. We have five K to three schools and then we have an intermediate school, which is four to six. And yeah. then we have middle school and high school. So, because there's, our district is so large, um, there's like 15 to 1700 kids in the intermediate school from four to six, but, um, the, the intermediate school has a Bible study program. Yeah. Kids actually leave class yep. to go for an hour with a local church to do Bible study. And in my head, I'm, you know. I'm like, if they can do that literally during the day and not yep. do their curriculum, why can't these people have an after school program, waste their time sitting there for a program that no one's going to show up for? Yes. Yep. <laughs> like, I didn't see the big, pro I mean, I see the problem as I know, someone I, and, and, loves Jesus, but yes. I didn't see the problem in <laughs> the retrospect. Well, that's just because you haven't heard about all the good things Satan has done. You've only heard <laughs> Satan from the mainstream Christian media. No, so I, I think that the I, I think in at least in, certainly in theory, I agree. If someone wanted to have this and they go, all right, you can have it. Oh, no one's here. Okay, great. I guess you don't need to have it anymore. You're just here by yourself because no one wants their kid to be taught about Satan. Satan. Uh, 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 well, in that context, they only want to hear the bad yeah. things about Satan. And, the, you know, if anything, they're exposing the dark underbelly of our society that we won't, you know, talk about the good of Satan. Anyway, so I, I, I think that, a lot of clips here to use for you. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, exactly. Yes. A lot, a lot of clips. Yes. Uh, what about all the good things Satan did? Spike Cohen. Um, no, I, I think that this was a, I think this was mostly a giant living meme uh because no one want what well, yeah uh the that statue's not actually at the school it's it's on display in new york or something like that right um and it's i think it's actually a, tra a installation that goes uh around see that's a sean hickman quote that's not a spike cohen quote uh, i was <laughs> quoting sean um I, I think that had there actually been some parents and kids who wanted this 
A, it would have been more of a controversy because it would have been like actual parents arguing with each other. Yeah. And B, debate. Yeah. it would have likely happened. Or if it didn't happen, now there would be a legitimate First Amendment religious freedoms or, or lack thereof suit of saying, well, I wanted this for my kid. And they, you know, we, we asked for it and we were denied it. Um, and that violates our First Amendment rights. And they'd have a legitimate case. I mean, even though it's that... Uh, they, they'd have a legitimate case on that, like you said, because it is, you know, if you can have a Bible study thing, why can't you have a, a, a from a from a government should not be involved one way or another in terms of school and should simply let people have their own, you know, be able to exercise their First Amendment rights. If you're allowing a uh, a a this religious study, why aren't you allowing this religious study just because this one's very unpopular uh, or doesn't have as many adherents? In this case, it had zero adherents. It had actually there was no there was no one that besides the teacher who applied for it, who wanted it or who agreed with it. That's why they filled the stadium or the, the, the auditorium there with parents who were like, why are you asking me about my kindergartner going to Satan school? And so I do I do think this was um, well, I think, uh, Kenneth, I think you're right. I think the teacher was trying to create an uproar. I think the school board members were trying to get reelected. And they knew there was zero interest whatsoever. No one was speaking in favor of this from what I could see uh, besides this teacher. And so they're like, yeah, I'm not. And one one voted for it because probably from a, a religious freedoms, First Amendment standpoint, uh, or he's a I, I doubt he's a real, you know, devout Satanist. Um, but the rest are like, this is this, you know, it, it's like in, you know, parliament parliamentary politics. Uh, you know, they'll say uh, it dies for lack of a second. I think that's basically what happened here. It died for lack of a second. No one actually wanted this. It's funny that you brought up that they were just trying to get reelected because, you know, at least here in this area, our local elections are in, um, it's, it's not even or odd years. So mm-hmm. is our local stuff. And even is our, <clears throat> is our statewide or federal stuff. So, yeah. you know, maybe they're trying, like, maybe they're trying to maintain the people who just voted for them. Um, but there's, there's just a lot of school board stuff. I feel like in the news right now, I don't know if yeah, you've yeah, seen yeah. a variety of things. There's, yep. um, there's another one that's not in Pennsylvania. Thank goodness. Um, where they eliminated the school board eliminated diversity day. Did you see this news article? No, I didn't. I didn't. They, um, I guess what I have that up too. Cause I came prepared. Oh, well, there, see, this is great. Uh, this is one. <laughs> I, so in, this Ohio school, the parent, so they, the school board members got rid of diversity day. Um, and obviously, as you can tell, they didn't, they probably could have filled an auditorium too. Let's be honest here in that picture. Um, the school decision to cancel it celebrations twice has sparked a bitter feud as you can go on. Um, what I found interesting was this video and I don't know if this is it. So I don't know if you can hear that audio. They're saying, look at us. Because what happened is the way that they set up their seats in the room, instead of lining up and being able to face everybody, they had them on the outside so they could just look at each other. And they refused to make eye contact with anybody in the crowd. 
So you have all these kids screaming, look at us, look at us. Yeah. I think at one point, listen, you know, listen to us, things like that. Um, and then I think it pans over so you can see it like, I mean, she's looking over, but you can see that they're sitting opposite. What, the direction awkward, look at them. what awkward seating there. That's right. That's probably how they always do it, but what an odd, wow, it's like, a, oh, and they're facing, what an odd? Yeah, that's, yeah, that's why they're saying, look at us. There were because... four of them. Why wouldn't they just face them? Uh-huh. Well, that's weird. So, that's a yeah, whole other so they question. Had... Why are they seated that way? There's four of them. Uh, it's like a round table, and they're facing each other. Why wouldn't they just have the, well, anyway. Okay. Because then they would have to look the people square in the They'd eye. They'd have to look the people in the uh, eye, yeah. Yeah, so it's just interesting all of this, like, you know, especially as the school year is coming to an end. Um, it just, it seems like people really want to just piss each other off as the school year ends. And yes. I just, I, I, I'm not thrilled with my school board in my area, if I'm being completely honest. But that's for a different day. Do they day. also do their uh, seating that way? Or is that a no uh we actually have like a room that's set up specifically for like school board meetings and things like that okay. that have the tables down at the bottom mm. and the, so and then it's like theater seating but it's not like an auditorium it's like right, right, right. Size of an but it's that kind of like sloping seating yeah 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 um i went there during the covid stuff when we were getting ready to go to the school you know go into the school year and they were talking about masking and things like that and mm. i went and i ended up i went in there more for informational to hear things out hear the different sides and yeah. you know i was on more of the uh choice of whether you're wearing a mask or not yeah, um yeah. but i wasn't like crazy angry anti-masker or anything and all of the anti-maskers sat around me and i felt and i work in this school district so like the superintendent knows who i am the principals know who i am and i have all the anti-maskers like sitting around me and i'm like oh goodness i i got here before all these people please don't think i'm a crazy <laughs> and, the, um, and then so and then you get up and say i just think we should have a say and they're all like yeah we agree with her a hundred percent and then everyone else is like I was going to get up and say something, but the the person who got up right before when I was going to do it talked about how his child lost his hearing from getting COVID. Oh, from getting COVID. Oh, I thought you were going to say from yeah, wearing a mask. No, he got like, from getting real. COVID. And so he was pro mask to avoid the, the possibility of someone else getting COVID and dealing with yeah, the side yeah. effects. Apparently there was underlining issues or something prior. And that's what caused the, you know, the hearing loss. But I'm like, I can't go up after that and be like, I want my kid not to wear a mask. It's like, I'm like, no, I'm just, I'm just going to sit here. I mean, that kid's mask. hearing aside, I want to be. So what I, what I would do if I, if I were going to uh, speak and I, I've, I've been speaking a lot at local, I haven't done a school board meeting yet, but if I'm invited to do one, I certainly would. Uh, if I were going to talk about mask mandates, I would cite the CDC's own studies that they did. So when they released their study that said, we recommend, and, and based on this study, uh, we recommend mandatory masking. This was back in 20, late 2020, early 2021, I believe. And uh, I, you know, I guess it would have been 2020, yeah. Um, and it was either, I can't remember now, but uh, I believe it was 2020. 
And the top line said, you know, uh, multiple things that we tested uh, have um, have shown a, 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 a great reduction in the spread of COVID in, in in-person schooling. And so we're recommending mask mandates. If you actually read it, the mask mandates, the difference in COVID spread between schools who mandated masks for students and ones who didn't, that's what you lead with before you even say your name. <laughs> so you get up and you say that, and they're like, you're supposed to say your name and your address. You go, okay, I'll do that. But first, I need you to know I this. I need you to know this. And, then, and then, you, then you give your name and your address, and you say, so anyway, back to killing grandmothers. Um, <laughs> No, I, I would I would cite. So they found that there was almost no difference between the schools that mandated masks for kids and for the students and the ones who didn't. There was a modest difference between the ones who mandated masks for uh, uh, teachers and faculty and ones who didn't. But it was still it was it was minor. The real differences were in things like opening the windows and increasing the uh, number of fans, you know, moving more air around Mm -hmm. that had double digit differences. If they had just done that, then it would have had roughly the same effect on the spread of covid. Uh, You're you've you've got a young kid and he he was even younger before. I don't have to tell you the absurdity (laughs) of of telling the child of the the parent of a six year old that putting a mask on their face is going to keep them from getting sick. Uh, and forcing well, them to wear it all day long, like give me a. I don't. I don't want to be disgusting, but give me a break. Like I, I I've met hap- kids. Like <laughs> what happens when I tell you that they take mask breaks in the classroom? Is what they did in our district, at least. And so what happened? Hold on, it gets better. What happened is the kids would end up being six, as much as possible, six feet apart, <laughs> and they got to take their mask off. And they got to eat their snack. And most classrooms did it around there. Or they just got a mask break and they did Go Noodle. Uh, do you know what Go Noodle is? No, and I'm scared. You, you need to watch it. You need to watch the meatball one because it's hilarious. Um, I'm going to send you a link after here so you can do the meatball one. I it's don't. Hilarious. Anyway, all, after, so yeah. in the context of the discussions we've been having so far in this show, the idea of kids doing the Go Noodle with the meatball, I can't tell you. How scared I am. <laughs> I, 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 did, I did not go there in my head with that. Um, so Go Noodle for context is a, think uh, like Blue's Clues and Blippi and Barney. Okay. And like okay. those like, those kind of okay. videos that kind of got kids yeah. active and singing. So Go Noodle is a, is a brain break activity where okay. it gets kids a chance to not educate themselves okay and they get to do something fun so okay. the meatball one is a pattern song and it goes meatball 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 it's fun I'm gonna send i'll, it to I'll you. watch i'll, I'll just... watch it i'm sure it's great you and have the it stuck beauty in your of the beauty of the meatball thing is that it protects you from covid so you don't have to wear your mask anymore i, I this is so <laughs> so this the kids is... would dance they would they would dance. They would separate by like five to six feet, take their mask off, and then they would get to go meatball, 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 and like do the different. Oh, and now they're okay. So now they're exercising. Okay, so one of the few uh, examples that they have shown where there's actually been any kind of community spread of uh, of COVID uh, indoors is poor ventilation, most schools, and exercise. So after having these kids. Wearing these masks all day long to make sure that they don't get caught. Then they go, okay, kids, let's all go into this room that was built in the 50s. And now 
uh, what we're going to do uh, is we're going to get a nice big breath of asbestos. We're going to take the, I don't know if your school was made, but mine was. That's I'm going back to my 1990s school that was built 40 years prior, and they had to end up rebuilding it after I left because it was unsafe. It was fine for me, but it was unsafe because of the asbestos <laughs> and the lead paint that was um, on the desk. But the, uh, so they said, okay, kids, uh, we're now going to go in this room. We're going to take off our masks, but it's okay because we're going to do some exercise. This is- And you're six feet apart. Oh, yes. Well, six feet, of course, um, because that's the magic line. By the way, six feet is garbage. Uh, the the mm-hmm. uh, I've, I've read multiple things. I mean, it, obviously, being six feet away, you're that much less likely to spread a pathogen than if you're two feet away or three feet away. But there's no magic like if I cough, it doesn't go further than six feet. It's nonsense. It's it's not a real thing. And the fact that they mandated distances and things like that it just goes to show this was not about it wasn't about actual science it was about this this really fear-based policy making that would use these vague arbitrary numbers that were thrown out and mandate it and say you're going to get in trouble if you don't do it 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 was some weird uh hybrid between orwell and kafka uh but it was very kafka to say yes kids uh don't worry uh, you, I guess, or and actually, it's more Orwell than Kafka, but it's it's in between there somewhere. That you're going to wear your mask all day long for your safety and those those around you until it's time to exercise. I will say, I love our school. My school is the best school out of all the five elementary schools. It is the first high school of our school district to give you an idea of how old our school is. Wow, it's like. 1920s i want to say um and during covid despite all of those stupid little regulations and everything and them wearing masks during exercising and stuff we we never got shut down um ollie never got i didn't get covid until this past february (laughs) is when the first person close to me got covid thankfully you know 22 or 21 22 22 listen the omicron i didn't get covid I was going around kissing people on the mouth almost. It, around, yep. Like I mean, I was going around hugging yep. people and shaking hands and freaking, you know, going around. The, you were there where I was in Pennsylvania doing yep. it. I did that in like 35 states. Then I did it in another like 28 states the following. And yes, I know there, that's more than 50. There was overlap <laughs> there. The uh, I, I went to like 28 states last year. Never got COVID. I go to Florida during the Omicron thing and go to like a wedding and a dance party, like a salsa uh, event. And, and we got COVID there. Everyone got COVID. It's, Anyone who wasn't already immune to COVID, and no, I don't mean vaccinated. I mean, like, got COVID before. Anyone yeah. who hadn't gotten COVID and went outside got COVID from, like, December to February. Like, everyone got COVID. No, I wasn't literally <laughs> I, kissing people, but yes. yes. Um, No, I... Well, my wife. I kissed my wife. I didn't... I, I was donating blood every six months. So, or every six weeks, excuse me, every six weeks. And it was testing for antibodies. So I know that I didn't get it. And, you know, like you said, we were out there on the campaign trail. I was sharing pens with hundreds of thousands of people. I felt like, and you know, we were talking to people and traveling from city to city. And so it wasn't until this past February. And here's the kicker too. My son shares two houses. So it wasn't just what was happening in our house. I had to think about what's happening over there. And they had some scares because they're COVID crazy, but, um, he, no one in that house got it until this past February. My son got it, lived with us. Neither of us got it. We went to a wedding two weeks ago and my mother-in-law got it. 
that was the first like besides Ollie and it wasn't until 2022 and yeah. my poor mother-in-law was like frantic because Dave has all those health issues that she's mm. like oh I hope he didn't get it and I'm like he's fine like he's fine and even if he were to get it it's not as bad as it was two years ago like it is yeah it no, is but the, I yeah I I was, I was one of the, I was one of the rare people that actually had a pretty severe case. Um, but my understanding is because I got a, um, a bacterial co-infection, which is very common because mm-hmm. I was, I take, I take an immuno drug for my MS to keep it in yeah. remission. So between that and then getting COVID, my immune system was weak enough where I got like some kind of bacterial infection. And it's likely that that's what caused it because all my other COVID symptoms were like resolving except for the coughing and the fever. Uh, and, and, uh, and it turned out I probably, and then they gave me like a, uh, a Z pack or whatever antibiotic for like six days. And by day three, I wasn't coughing up blood anymore. So we're pretty sure I got a, a co-infection, but you know, it was serious, but I'm also kind of an odd case, yeah. right? Like it's it, for yeah. most people, it's a, it's a fairly mild for the vast majority of people. It's a fairly mild illness. And with each new, as the virus is is you know mutating and mutating and mutating creating new variants and subvariants it's becoming more transmissible like you're gonna get it like the cold but also it's going to be because it doesn't want to kill its host uh necessarily if it doesn't have to it's becoming less and less serious on the other end plus people are getting more built-up immunity from getting it one or more times so you know we're i honestly in, we're, we're in the endemic phase at this point I was honestly hoping that I got it from my mother-in-law just so that I can, you know, have some immunity and stuff and uh, it, just yeah. negative yeah. every, but, um, it's, I, I had known someone, someone I graduated with, he was my 10th grade boyfriend, uh, just actually passed due to complications mm-hmm. of COVID. He had been in the hospital yeah. for over seven months and, uh, it was bed sores that got infected is, is what ended up happening. And so he's got a little three-year-old, I think a little girl at home. And I just, my heart breaks for them because, you know, there are complications of side effects from actually COVID that linger. You know, we don't always think about the stuff that happens when you're in the hospital, the bed sores, the, you know, the other things that you can pick up staph infections and stuff like that, that can be deadly as well. So was he in a coma or was he, he had to, he, um, I don't know the whole story. We we kind of stayed acquaintances on social media okay, as okay, many do. Okay. Um, but from my understanding, he ended up having some failures in his organs, had a pancreas mm. surgery, pancreatic surgery, um, had a ton of infections, ended up becoming resistant to the antibiotic. And that's how the he ended up being, yeah. having sepsis yeah. and so, I mean, we talk about COVID and everything and we, you're right. We are coming to the endemic of it, which is thankful. And, and we'll be eventually just treating it like the flu, um, which honestly I've been part, treating yeah. like that entirely the whole time. But, um, right. <laughs> but we, I did not intend us to go into a COVID um, thing. I actually wanted to talk for the last couple of minutes um, on your opinions on the Roe v. Wade. So this isn't, a, a, I, I vacillate between saying, well, first of all, the decision itself was not the best, especially now what we know technology wise about fetuses and things like that. It was, it was a poorly informed decision. Um, And also 
is it better that this is in general it's typically better for things to be handled at this and i'm not going to say states rights because states don't have rights people have rights and it's like i hate that term but uh a a decentral you know a a you know have it governed as locally as possible preferably to the individual but that's where the problem is i don't always say it's better for the state to handle things than the federal government uh, as just as a general rule, I think as a general rule, typically things are handled better at the local, more local level than at, at, at a higher level. But there are examples like forced uh, segregation or for and I'm not comparing one to the other, but I'm just saying there are examples where like state or local governments will do something terrible and a higher level of government will say, no, you can't do that. Another more recent example is when uh, uh, Ron DeSantis, the uh, governor of Florida, when some of the school boards were mandating masks and he said, no, we're not going to do that. And even though that was government decisions being made at a higher level, it was with respect to the rights of the individual. Um, so my thing on Roe v. Wade is, is this, and I have an, a, a, a different take than most people because I consider myself pro-life. Uh, the, the, what I know about abortion, what I've seen about abortion, what I've researched and, and heard about abortion, and in speaking with the stories of women who get abortions, uh, speaking to women who have gotten abortions and hearing their stories, I think that abortion is, generally speaking, a gruesome and regrettable thing. And, you know, it is, I think, the way that pro-lifers talk about what abortion actually is as a procedure is a lot more accurate than how most pro-choicers talk about it. Not all, but generally speaking, pro-choicers will kind of talk about it as this vague concept of bodily autonomy and choice. Pro-lifers talk about it as the terminating of a, of a, uh, otherwise what would have become a, a viable human being. And I think that's much, a much more accurate way of describing it. My thing is this, if we banned abortion, or so greatly restricted abortion that it's effectively banned, like we do with, for example, drugs or guns or, 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 or anything else. What would end up happening, both in terms of the enforcement mechanism that would have to be required, the black markets that would be created as a result, and the, and the, the uh, legal justifications and consequences of those that would have to result to make this something that would actually stand up in court, as as a as a, a a legitimate thing, it would likely mean that I would have not been born had those been in place when I when my mom was trying to have me. And, and here's why: in order for this to stand up long term, that you can't have an abortion, that that abortions are are wrong, whether it's or, or are illegal, whether it's at conception from the moment of conception or when there's a heartbeat or whatever, sometime before the actual birth of the child, the courts would have to decide that the 14th amendment applied to pre-born babies that it was and again whether it's at conception whether it's at some other point along the way if it's at conception then that means there's no more in vitro fertilization because the vast majority of embryos uh are 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 yeah there would be no ollie uh, it, because yeah. and there'd be no more of many other children i we just had uh, loved ones that are uh, that just uh, the, uh, the couple just gave birth to twins. Uh, she gave birth to twins and that was in vitro fertilization. Um, there would uh, there be a lot less fewer people who are being born to people that are desperately trying to have a child. OK, but if it well, let's say it wasn't that conception, let's say it was at the heartbeat or brain activity or something like that. It would still require 
that the government is now involved from a criminal justice standpoint on every single pregnancy, because this is now no longer a pregnancy that we're leaving up to the determination of the mother. This is now a separately constitutionally protected human being that we now, the government now needs to be involved to protect the rights of this human being, which means that when, for example, my mother who had to have multiple failed uh, pregnancies before she had me, Long before she ever would have gotten to my pregnancy, the government would have stepped in and said, you're not going to keep creating human beings that you know, constitutionally protected human beings that you know are likely to die. That's going to be some kind of negligent homicide or or just, you know, uh, endangering of a child, whatever it would be considered, maybe even a separate yeah. crime altogether. But you can't do that. Like you can't keep creating right. human beings that you know are likely to die. Well, we know how government works. It never just ends at the thing. It's going to just keep creeping. Politicians are now going to say, well, to protect our constituents, our constitutionally protected constituents, we need to make sure that the parents are doing the right thing. Here come pregnancy licenses. Here come pregnancy permits. Here come pregnancy tests. Now, in the middle of all of this, uh, or pregnancy tests, meaning like tests for your your blood sugar yeah. and your BMI. And if your BMI goes too high, your blood, now you're in trial for, uh, uh, trouble for child endangerment. Keeping in mind that there is this ever-present and growing black market for abortions. Their abortions did not go away. They now are just illegal, okay? What you're going to end up happening is situations, you know, they say that the war on drugs created more drugs, the war on, on uh, terror created more terror, the war on uh, the war on uh, uh, poverty created more poverty. What do you think a war on abortion is going to do? You're going to have a situation where poor young mothers who get pregnant have an illegal abortion that they would not have otherwise had because they are breaking the law by having an unauthorized pregnancy or because they have a health thing that would not allow them to be able to get a legal pregnancy. And it's easier to hide an illegal abortion than it is to hide an illegal human being for the rest of their life that you didn't get authorization to create or carry or give birth to. I need people to think about the consequences of government involvement in, of something. And this is a bad one. And for the people who go, well, yeah, but, you know, uh, uh, making murder illegal uh, just creates a black market for murder. So I guess that means we should make murder legal. No, it means. We need to understand there is a difference in the ability to enforce and the mechanisms required to enforce between saying that Christine can't Christine can't kill me and saying that something that's happening inside of Christine's body, the government should be involved in. It's a completely different uh, level of enforcement. Mm -hmm. And it's it. whatever your take is on what abortion is, government involvement is not going to improvement. And if instead we looked at the reasons why women tend to get abortions, which are typically uh, economic in nature or lack of access to uh, better or, or more effective, uh, you know, pre before having to get an abortion uh, birth control methods. Um, if you simply got government out of the way of people economically, so fewer people would be in bad economic straits. And if you got government out of the way in allowing women to get access to birth control without having to sometimes spend hundreds of dollars seeing doctors who immediately just go, yeah, you can have this thing. I mean, in most countries, yep. it is over the counter. Um, then I think we'd see a great reduction in, in abortions without getting the government involved on the enforcement end. I, I will say the last thing I want to say on this is the actions of the Federal Reserve that it has taken over the last few years and the debt spending policies of federal and state governments in the United States have contributed to an inflationary and economically destructive environment that will cause 
far more abortions than keeping it legal or banning it would ever do. This is far more of an economic uh, uh, question mm -hmm. than a lot of people are willing to admit. Because the fact is, there are a lot of, of and most a good number of women who get abortions uh, are already parents. So they're not evil baby yeah. murderers. They have children. They feel like they can't afford another child. And so they, they have an abortion because they think that that's the better option. I think oh, also uh, they also know that if they uh, place the child for adoption, it's likely to end up in foster care for all or most of its life uh, and, and suffer from all of the problems with the foster care system. I think if we if we helped if we if we got government out of the way economically, got government out of the way in terms of personal health care choices, like when it comes to birth control and got government out of the way when it comes to adoption, uh, those things would do far more to reduce abortions than anything that's being discussed right now. No, I absolutely agree. And I identify as pro-life and I actually made a TikTok video about this the other day and it's one of my most viewed ones. You know, I, I made I went on to say that I'm pro-life. I will advocate for life every day. I will help you research all the all the options you have before going for that big crucial option. Yep. But the last thing we need is more government interference. It's not gonna help. We need it's not to make help. yeah, it's not. We need to make birth birth control more accessible. We need to make adoption more affordable. We need to fix the foster care system. That's how we help yep. reduce abortions. And you know, you talked about IVF. You know, my son is an IVF child. He is a test tube oh. baby. It took me three and a half years to get him here. And yep. when I got pregnant, my ex-husband left me at 13 weeks. And when he did that, I had seven embryos left in the, in the frozen tank. So now I'm pregnant and have to decide what I need, what I'm going to do with seven babies. Wow. That's the way I saw it as being pro yeah, yeah, yeah. because um. I can't keep them because it's my ex and it's going to be my ex-husband. You know, do I want to have more kids with him? You know, my child is my best blessing in the world. And um, if you do, and if you do, is it one, two, three? And it, now you're making like a Sophie's 14? choice decision on, yeah. yeah, on your, on how many of the <laughs> dozen embryos you have and which one and all. Yeah. That, and and yeah. these are decisions that you need to be able to make and government should not be involved. We, we ended up we ended up donating them to science so that they could better oh. enhance the IVF process and things like that yeah. and learn more. But you know, some people saw it as me aborting, me basically discarding my embryos. Yeah. And yeah. <clears throat> that was a really hard realization for me because I saw them as babies. You know, they were my frozen babies. Um, <clears throat> but you know, we talk about birth control and we talk about all of this, and it ends up being a lot of accountability on women. But, you know, I saw this TikTok video, excuse me, <clears throat> sorry. I saw this TikTok video and it, it really put things into perspective. If a woman gets pregnant, she can only be, she's pregnant for nine to 10 months, right? Yep. She can yep. only carry one baby, theoretically, you know, sometimes multiples yep. for nine months. But a guy can get someone pregnant every day. He can get someone pregnant every day. So yeah. that's 350 some babies that he can make in one year. So why is all of this accountability? I mean, assuming he's, you know, some either rapist or, or Casanova, one of those two things, um, you know, why are we output, putting all Yes. Yeah. That would be impressive. <laughs> it would be quite an output, but you know, it's, <laughs> it's happened before where guys are having yeah. baby mamas having babies within days of yeah. each other. Yeah. You know, why is this all coming down to women? Vasectomies, 
You know, if we, we want to go into government interference and you want to put it all on women's vasectomies yep. are pretty easily reversible. So why are, you know, why is that not being thrown on the table? Because yep. these yep. male legislators want to control women's bodies. Um, I saw a video today on TikTok because that's where I live now. <laughs> and um, it was a New York firefighter who was standing on the steps of some building and there was women and people protesting my body, my choice. And he's literally yelling at them. No, it's not. Your body is mine. Because he believes in overturning, you know, you know, the, the decision that's potentially being put forth. Yeah. 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 And <clears throat> I've seen a lot of argument of pro-life and pro-choice. And I really, I really think most people are pro-life. I think that the difference is, is that people are either are, are more pro birth. They feel like everyone needs to give birth to the baby that is conceived. Right. And, and, and that's not, in my opinion, pro-life. Like if the mother's life is in danger, that is pro-life too. And putting her health at the forefront of the situation too. Right. Right. And right. I, I don't know. I've been all over the place. I, I remember as a, as a teenager working at friendlies, one of the girls I worked with told me she was getting an abortion. I thought it was the most abomination. I was like, yeah, I hope yeah. you die and rot in hell. And, you know, as I've gotten older and I've dealt with my fertility issues and I've had friends who can't conceive at all. I was, you know, I was fortunate. And then I have friends who have four or five kids and, you know, I'm questioning why they're having more, <laughs> um, you know, it makes, it puts like the whole perspective into place. I have friends who have been raped and got pregnant and, you know, struggled with whether they should have the baby or not. Yeah. Um, and, you know, in a lot of states, there is no protection for a victim and the, and the person who committed the crime, the, the rapist or, or what have you still has parental rights to that child if they know if they know of their existence and that that's just a lot of trauma so i, I while i want to sit here and say and i will ever advocate for life every day i think the government a needs to just get the hell out of it, it government involvement is not helping just, no. just, yeah it's not helping at all but if it needs to be involved because it's the government and that's what they deem is necessary it shouldn't, it, it should be pro-choice. It should be, it shouldn't be free. It should be medical insurance or paying for the procedure or whatever. Um, or going to a facility like Planned Parenthood, which have donors and doing it that way. But I don't know. It's been a hot topic, obviously. The, and that's why it, I to the problem with this topic is that it is not as cut and dry as the hardcore pro-lifers or the hardcore pro-choicers want to make it. Hardcore pro-choicers yeah. will be like, this is a this is a, a, a parasite inside of the mother's body or the, the woman birthing person or mother or whatever they're whatever term they're using of the person's body. Birther. I think it's birther. birther. Is it birther? <clears throat> we, we, now birther's I, no I, longer I, 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 think that Obama was born in Kenya. Um uh but the the person, whatever, the the, the woman's <laughs> body, and that that's it. And it's just as simple as that, cut and dry. And then there are other people who are like uh, yeah, those are the stocks to buy uh, right now is the uh, black market abortion cartels and, and menthol cigarette runners. Um, and then there's the other side, which is like this baby murder. And it's just, you know, we, we need to treat it like that. 
you are dealing with a situation where there is a, a human life that is becoming increasingly, if not already at close to personhood. And I think you're going to, you're going to yeah. be hard pressed to find someone. So for example, your decision about seven embryos, I would imagine as difficult of a decision as that was, would have been exponentially more different if it was seven 30 week gestated fetuses that, you know, are you going to yeah. shove them in there for the last few weeks and, 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 you know, let them finish browning or are you going to, or are you going to just, you know, discard them that obviously there is a, a scale here and the people who pretend there yeah. is not a scale here uh, on either side. Uh, I, I, I don't know what to tell you um, there, but this is a, hopefully a question that can one day be solved through evictionism to just an artificial womb. And now no one ever has to have uh, remove a, a pregnancy or terminate a pregnancy that results in the fetus also dying. And, and, you know, that can be the new dystopian nightmare of what to do with all these kids in these tanks, but the <laughs> brave, new, brave new world is what brave that is. new world. Yeah. Like all, all these, all these tank kids. But I, I think that um, government involvement makes things worse in almost all, basically all things. And as difficult, what would be required from an enforcement mechanism, from a legal justification mechanism, and in understanding that there will be this ever-present black market still providing the abortions, this only makes it worse. If you want fewer abortions, you don't want this because there will be more abortions. Harry Brown, who was our, our 2000 president, uh, 96 and 2000, he was actually Joe's running mate in 96, Joe Jorgensen's yep. running mate. And they asked him about abortions. Uh, and I think this was this would have been in the 90s. Um, and he said, I am strongly against abortion, which is why I don't want government to be involved. Because if you look at their history, if the government declares a war on abortion, within five years, men will be having abortions. Like it's, it's, it's not like, this is not the way you want to go about it. Um, so if you are pro-choice, then that lines up with what we're saying. And if you're pro-life and don't want there to be more abortions, that lines up with what we're saying. This, this can be a bipartisan issue. So they keep government out of it. So what's interesting in, in my various TikTok travels and websites and stuff, you know, trying to avoid the Johnny Depp and Amber Heard stuff <laughs> and, and actually get something that could affect me. Um, yes. I found someone who's a medical coder and she pulled out her coding book and in the coding book, now granted it's from 2021. So it's only a year old, but she said the coding is still current. It's just the old book. Yeah. Abortion is listed as an O 3.9 or something like that in the coding book. And okay. miscarriage is listed as an O 3.9 as well. So in their medical coding book, an abortion and a miscarriage are labeled as the same thing. Hmm. So, you know, I see a really big slippery slope here personally on, <clears throat> you know, if this gets overturned and privacy goes out the window, people, you know, looking to see if you've had an abortion or whatever, if you've had a miscarriage of no fault of your own, you could be charged. Yeah. yeah. And here's the thing. It, you know, and I, I've talked to some people about this and, and I'm going to have someone on in the next week or so to talk about more of the Roe v. Wade stuff. Um, but it's, a, I see it as a really big slippery slope to women, some women losing the right to vote because you and I've had this conversation. Felons can't vote in some states. Yep. And if these women get charged with manslaughter or anything like that for an abortion yep. or mm -hmm. a miscarriage, mm -hmm. or let's add IVF in there because 
killing embryos could be deemed as an abortion or a miscarriage as well they could get charged with felonies and then lose their right to vote in those states. I mean, yeah. and some people are like, that's re- very extreme, Christine. Yes. That's very extreme. And I'm like, Oklahoma, Oklahoma yep. just recently had a woman who had a miscarriage. There may, may or may not have been drugs involved. It doesn't really matter. She had a miscarriage and they charged her. She got charged with manslaughter for a miscarriage. Anyone and who thinks like, that the government <clears throat> won't do that has not been around for the last two years. Government told you to stay inside your house, okay? Government used the Patriot Act, which was explicitly written to not just go after terrorists, but specifically Al-Qaeda and the terrorists behind 9-11. They're using it against angry school parents, okay? The government in Texas created SB-8, which uses snitching as their main enforcement mechanism for their abortion ban, which means that if you have a miscarriage, you aren't just dealing with a criminal justice system that incentivizes plea bargains and uh, uh, guilty verdicts, but you're now dealing with people who want $10,000 by taking you to court and arguing that you have uh, that your miscarriage was actually an abortion and and a court system that would be more than happy to fill up their roles with this with this situation. Think of a... In in many states, the estimated number of wrongful convictions and plea deals is anywhere between 15 and 20 percent. And it's because they throw the book at people. They have cash bail, so they can't afford to get out. And they tell them, if you don't want your life ruined, then plea down to this lesser charge. Imagine now any woman who has a miscarriage potentially being subjected to that. And again, if you're sitting there saying that would never happen, I submit to you the entire history of government. It will happen. If something absurd can be done by government, they will do it because they can. This is there. We could spend hours talking about all the ways that getting government involved in this question would create more criminals for no good reason, including people who didn't even get abortions, cost taxpayers an absolute fortune for no reason. Uh, and not reduce the number of abortions because they're still widely available in black markets. Cannabis is still as illegal as heroin. Like the government isn't good at stopping you from doing things. They're good at criminalizing you for doing it and creating a massive black market to provide you with whatever the thing is that you want to do. It's a it is a terrible way to get involved. And again, I can hear the people saying, oh, but what about murder? If 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 you could look at data that showed that banning murder would cause the murder rate to to skyrocket and and no murders to you know murders to, murder to get worse then we could have that argument yeah. that's not the case this is not enforced the same way it does not have the same legal justifications the same way there there is no comparison between laws against human beings who are outside of a of a of a person's body uh not being allowed to kill each other and getting involved in what could either be an abortion or a miscarriage or God knows, or ectopic pregnancy or God knows what else and making yeah. every miscarriage a triggered, uh, required criminal investigation with snitches looking to make 10 grand in court. Well, it, you know, we, we, you know, we've joked in the past that we've turned into ni- the, the 1984 book and uh, yeah. I see a lot of similarities in our world heading towards a brave new world. And <clears throat> I don't know if you've ever watched Handmaid's Tale. Have you watched it? Probably not. I haven't. I have a vague understanding of what it's about, but I haven't, I haven't watched it. Um, You know, when, 
when I see statements like the one legislator said about how there's a need for humans and stuff, and I forget the exact wording, but basically oh, it was uh, like there's a market. The Supreme Court in, in, in that Supreme Court decision, they the, or the, or Maybe. the floated, I, the, the, the floated yeah. decision, it was something about there's a, a necessary market for domestic, yes. uh, domestic adopted babies. Yeah. 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 And I'm just like, oh my gosh. Like, we are now con wanting to control women's bodies. We are trying to control how, how many babies are made throughout the year. And it's a crazy similarity to the handmaid's tale, which basically it's a religious zealot group of people who like secede from the United States and create their own little like government. And um, the handmaids are basically raped once a month to procreate for these elitist families and um and it's the women who are able to bear children because their society has gotten to a point where not every woman can bear children um oh, okay. you know there's some people who kind of attribute it recently to vaccines and stuff like whether true or not but like there's something done in society that has made a lot of women barren Fertility a lot so the lower, women yeah. who can have children are made into handmaids are literally kidnapped and th as they're trying to escape this government you know secession and are put in these red robes with white bonnets and are raped once a month it's called a ceremony and the goal is to have children for this family then to raise the, the father and, and his wife uh, who is obviously barren and you know as as i'm seeing these more regulations being talked about on women and i'm seeing these states talking and jumping ahead of of putting forth legislation that is going to make miscarriages and and abortions and stuff like that felonies or or criminal charges Right. I'm seeing us leading that way. And I'm like wanting to like go to the gym and get jacked up so I can beat up some people when it gets to the point. It's just, I see this as a really big slippery slope and, you know, we've seen 84 kind of come to fruition and, yeah. you know, brave new world with some of the technologies and the way that we view people's lives and stuff. And I just, it's a really, it's a really big slippery slope. And I don't think pe people are looking at it in the moment. And they're not looking like we were talking about the consequences. This is this and, is and, how and, bad policies happen is people saying, I don't like this. There should be a law. And they might even have a legitimate concern. I mean, for example, like the war on drugs, one of our biggest uh, uh, as libertarians, one of our biggest obstacles in explaining why the war on drugs is bad is to people who have lost loved ones to the opioid epidemic or who had had someone a loved one die in a shootout over you know uh between you know yeah. gang members who were fighting over uh you know among other things their drug turf like and it is understandable how many people will look at those things and be like this should just be banned it's all because of drugs and it's a bad thing we just need to you know get rid of the drugs and we need to crack down on these you know people that are destroying our communities and it's it's hard to try to you know almost jujitsu them into like hey listen actually it's the result of the drug war that's causing this in a similar vein to try to explain to someone that you could actually greatly reduce the number of abortions without changing any policy currently on the books when it comes to abortion by looking at what's causing abortions to happen and realizing that government mm -hmm. has their thumb on that scale quite a bit, causing more abortions to happen through bad economic 
healthcare and other policy, ad adoption policies and everything else, bad policies that are leading to an environment in which there are more abortions. Another good thing to keep in mind is that the number of per capita abortions has been dropping since like 1975. Uh, there will be these th these moments where it'll go up, but it's it's almost half of what it was at its peak. Um, and and the data we have is good now because they're all legal, so there's no need to you know it's not like well that's not a, including the illegal ones. There are very few illegal abortions. You can le easily and legally get an abortion pretty much everywhere. Um, it's been going down. So why don't we look at the things that can cause it to go down even more so that this isn't a problem anymore and, and we aren't using it as a hot button issue. And if you think about the, the uh, and, and unfortunately, I just saw what time it is, so I'm going to have to go in a few minutes. But if you look at no, the hundreds of millions, billions of dollars that has been spent on fighting to try to ban abortion, on uh, supporting politicians who say they're going to ban abortion only to get into office and to vote to continue funding it through taxpayer funds, Donald Trump. And, uh, you know, if you, if you, if you look at all that money that was spent on that and imagine if instead that money had been spent on helping mothers who, if they had some assistance, wouldn't have an abortion. If the goal here is to keep women who it is for women who are not in the abstract, but actual human being women who right now are pregnant, who are considering not having a, an, who are considering having an abortion and having some help, voluntary financial assistance would be the difference between them making that decision and not making that decision. Again, not in the abstract, actual human beings right now who in this moment are making that decision. Imagine how much better that money could be spent on that and resources could be used on that and ra awareness raising could be spent on that as opposed to trying to get the government involved in something that they will inevitably make so much worse and much likely worse. lead to more abortions uh and not to mention also empowering those same cartels to have yet another industry under their belt well i know you got to get going and i appreciate being on um are you able to talk about just real quick what sure. you have in the works just because i know um on the webs on here i've had the keystone party and i've had yes. the new pirate party and i have the libertarian party and i think your new program would help with all of these parties working together for common interest so absolutely so the, i think one of the biggest things holding back the liberty movement is that we have been focusing primarily on the electoral front and that's been great, like in Pennsylvania and other states, that's been great. It's gotten a lot of people elected to local offices. There's nothing wrong with having a focus on that. But I think that the problem is we're trying to play the political game by the rules of the people who control it. And it's not going to work for us if we want to get past the level that we're at now and move up to having you know, people elected at the statewide level, at the federal level, which which at this point we, we haven't done in the U.S., if we want to do that, we need to address the fact that 95% of people don't vote libertarian because they think we can't win or they honestly, and, and part of that is they think we can't win and they don't have enough of a buy-in to know why they should take that risk to begin with. Okay, maybe you're better than Republicans or Democrats, but why would I vote for you if you're likely not to win? And then even a, a, even a majority of self-described libertarians don't vote libertarian because they think we can't win and they're not sure if it's worth the, the buy-in. So what I'm doing yeah. is something called you are the power. Oh, and in the midst of all of that, there's all of this infighting with libertarians trying to figure out who to blame, whose fault this all is, and, and you know who needs to take over or fight against the takeover or whatever side you're on with this. It's constant factionalism because there's mm -hmm. not an actual game plan to do the next step. So 
what you or the power is going to do is localized single issue activism. Instead of trying to get someone to join the party and vote for our candidates and run for office themselves and, you know, donate to the party. Instead, in that median where they're trying to figure out what they are, they don't like Republicans, they don't like Democrats, they want something different. Instead of trying to argue with them about why we think they should join us, which is the worst marketing ever. Instead, we say, hey, look, okay, join the party, don't join the party, I don't really care. Join Keystone Party, don't join it, I don't really care. Join New Pirate Party, don't join it, I don't care. Be a part of poly party politics, don't, I don't care. We're fighting against a tax increase in your city, or we're fighting against a mask mandate in your city, or we're fighting to pass a Second Amendment sanctuary in your city or your county or whatever. And here's what we're doing on that, and here's how you can help. Giving people an actionable thing that requires a much easier buy-in of just help us with this one initiative build coalitions outside of the liberty movement or outside of the libertarian party and actually get things accomplished, work with people who may just agree with us on that one thing, disagree with us on everything else, but we can work together on that one thing, actually accomplish goals now that help people, that save lives, that improve mm -hmm. lives now instead of waiting for some utopian future where libertarians get elected. And in doing so, bring people into the movement. The more that people are around us and our ideas, the more they realize that they're right, the more they realize that it reflects what they actually believe, and the more we can pull them into joining the Libertarian Party or being more involved in the liberty movement or just doing more activism in You Are the Power. That's what we are working on. Uh, if you would like to be a part of it, if you go to youarethepower.net, that is our website. Uh, we are going officially public this weekend, but the site's already up. So if you're watching this, you can go ahead and go. Um, and uh, youarethepower.net, we would love to have you become a member. Um, if you become a member, uh, you have access to a large and growing network of activists and uh, organizations and elected officials across the country. Uh, you will be helping to drive the liberty movement forward in a way that we've never tried to do. And you will have the direct support and encouragement and promotion of, uh, of, of a major libertarian influencers uh, that are involved in this and some of the leaders in the liberty movement with combined decades of experience. Uh, and this is what we're going to do to move forward. Uh, this is uh, we, we are neutral on various factions in the Libertarian Party. We don't care what faction you're in. If you join this thing, you're not going to be voting for or against each other anyway because we don't care because we don't have those kinds of races. If you and two other members of You Are the Power want to work on something, if any three members of You Are the Power want to work on something, and it comports with our stated, our, and we have a statement of goals and values there, and it comports with our statement of goals and values there, values there, you can go and do that as you are the power. And if this person over here doesn't like how you're doing it, or doesn't like you, or doesn't like what podcaster you listen to, or whatever, it doesn't matter. Because no one is fighting over who's in charge, because the the core staff of you are the power is in charge so this is just a sandbox you. for everyone to work together you are the power you and two other people can go to town as 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 delegates of you are the power or as members of you are the power and do activism and encourage others to join you and if someone else doesn't like what you're doing they can go do their own thing imagine that like what we tell five-year-olds when they say they don't like what their friend's doing and we say go do something else that so you are the power.net uh, we'd love for you to become a member. Um, it is, uh, it, you know, this is this is what I believe is going to move us to the next level. Help heal the divides within the liberty movement. Help create. We are we have actual pathway, an actual blueprint, actual feasible steps to take to work our way towards our ultimate goal of setting America and the world free. But actually doing those things, 
and recognizing where we are and what steps we need to take. That's what you were the power is. I want to thank you for creating that because as someone who recently left the LP because of all the factionism, um, you know, and, and wanting to focus on core issues and, and single coalition issues and things like that and getting people elected who want to put forth those, there are still people in the LP and the Pirate Party that I, I want to work with and do work with on single issue items like Defend the Guard and things like that. Yep. So having yep. Yep. this program is going to help the liberty movement as a whole, regardless of what party affiliation. Um, and I, I, so I want to thank you for taking the time, the effort and, and being the boss who's in charge of it all. Um. <laughs> I, I, it's really, I, the way I see it is we are maintaining a sandbox that people can work in and play in to, to accomplish these goals. And by doing yeah, it that way, and, and yeah, we're basically chaperoning. We're basically, what we are is we are the stewards of this thing this this system that we this infrastructure that we've created and everyone can come in and like i said any three people can go to town and and obviously we encourage you to to encourage other people to join you so it's more than three people but the point of that right. is if you can build a consensus of three then it really doesn't matter what anyone else thinks there's always going to be disagreement the problem with the democratization within the lp and other similar organizations is that democracy requires that you are constantly fighting over who is in charge you are creating, you are squashing minority opinion. You are incentivizing people to go with whatever the majority is to not make waves. And you are requiring that there is always losers. And it's yeah. just a stupid way of doing things. What if instead, if there's two main ways of doing it, we go, okay, you do this and you do that. And then and see which one works. Yeah, And, and see and, which one works. Yeah. And you're likely going to end up working together anyway. And, it, and it, it, once you remove that now it's no longer a duopoly it's probably 15 or 20 different ways of doing things good go do your different things in fact it's likely that you're all right in different ways one of our stated statement of values is diversity we value diversity of thought and perspective i don't know how to reach everyone i don't know how to speak everyone's language not just their literal language but their the way that they, that they approach things there are so many different ways that we can be spreading liberty. And as libertarians, we believe in decentralization. So let's actually do that. And that, that's what you are the power is. We don't, uh, a perfect example of this. We've been in Gastonia, North Carolina every month fighting to get the police to, and I, without going down a whole rabbit hole of what's going on there, we're holding bad actors in the city council and the police department there accountable and forcing them to be held accountable. And we have the involvement of the, uh, of you are the power, the Gaston County Libertarian Party, the North Carolina Libertarian Party, the North Carolina Republican Liberty Caucus, and the Gaston County Democrat Party. And not the officials within those things, but activists and members within those different groups. This right. is a multi-part, and, and a bunch of people that aren't even politically involved. We have non-voting anarchists, homesteaders, and, and preppers, and homeschoolers. We have everyone. Everyone is showing up because we all agree on this one thing. Bad actors in government should be held accountable. And we are not factional. We do not care what you think about anything else on this. We are working on this one thing. And we want to do that dozens, hundreds of times at a time across the country. And the last thing I want to do is to tell members of You Are the Power, well, I don't really like 100% how you're doing this. Even though it does comport with our goals and our values, I do it differently. And so we need to have a vote So how we're all doing it. Instead of letting people do things hundreds of different ways in, in ways that, again, that, that comport with our goals and our values. Uh, we're not going to have someone come in and call for people to be rounded up or killed. We're not going to have people come in and call for gun control or, or, or socialized health care or anything like that. But if it comports with our values and our goals, go to town. I don't have to agree with how you're doing it. Go to town. 
Well, thank you again for being on thank and you. going through that because Dave got the email about it and I was super excited. I already kind of knew a little bit about it and he got the ahead of the game email. Um, yes. <laughs> so um, thank you for explaining that in a summary and go to youarethepower.net to get more information to sign up and yep. become part of the crew. Again, thank you for being on. It was so nice seeing you again and talking to you. you it was saying. chaotic in March when we last saw each other. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. and a lot has happened since then. Um, yes. But thank you again for taking the time out to be on tonight. I really do appreciate it. And Oliver says hello. He ended up yes. being sent home sick tonight, or else he would have ran down here to say oh, hi. No. <laughs> well, thank you for that, and thank you for having me on. It was great to do it, and um, you know, much love to you and to Dave and Ollie, and uh, hopefully, we get to see you again soon. Yes. Have a good night. I want to thank again, Spike, for being on. Um, it's always a good time getting to talk with him, especially when it comes to current topics and to get his perspective. You know, he's a lot more well-rounded than I am with a lot of things. Um, so I always like hearing his uh, side of things and perspective, and it definitely gives me another way to look at things. So I hope it gave you guys some um, opportunity to see what's going on around the country here in Pennsylvania in York County and neighboring counties, as well as in Ohio and Roe v. Wade and things like that. So thank you for joining us tonight. Um, go check out youarethepower.net for more information. And obviously you can go to spikecohen.com. He, like you said, will be launching more information regarding you are the power leader this week. And you can uh, sign up to get that information on spikecohen.com. Remember, this is your life. It is your body. You get to choose what you do with it. Um, I, I know that there's a lot of feelings going around and a lot of opinions going around and, and we are all entitled to them. I just ask that you be respectful to everyone and, and hopefully they're respectful back to you. Until next Monday at 7 p.m. when we will be talking more about Roe v. Wade, um, I look forward to seeing you guys then and enjoy the rest of your week.